episode 20 of the Sober Grind. Can you wow. believe we've made it to 20 already? Wow, I love doing the Sober Grind. Seriously, I'm, Me I'm too. so grateful. It's a blast, and we keep we getting awesome feedback from everyone, which is why we do what we do. That's right. Yeah, so we have a very exciting, interesting, and hopefully helpful topic for you all today. It is addiction as a family disease, what to do about it, what are some of the signs. How to so, overcome it. How to overcome it. Yeah, how Let's, to work through it, how to actually identify it. Yes. yes. So, yeah, leave us any uh, thoughts, questions, comments. If you want to just say hello where you're watching from, we would love to say hello to you and interact. That's but right. Pesh, do you want to just kind of jump in yeah. and and talk about why you wanted to discuss this and, and give a little overview? So usually, like, uh, you know, every week we try to come up with topics for the show, like what would be effective, what what kind of stuff can go on. And I go based off of what I've been experiencing in the mm. last week or so. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, obviously I do a lot of interventions and, um, and then sometimes, if not many times, I have to interact with families. Mm. And I can see when a lot of people, I can see the sickness that, that uh, consists amongst family members within their family unit. Mm. The family dynamic is, is a lot of the reason why somebody um, is an addict or an alcoholic and why they remain one or why they um, become you know, worse and worse in their addiction. And usually it's really, like, I hate to say this, but a lot of times a lot of people like to point the finger at the addict or the alcoholic in the family and as if there's an elephant in the room, but the bigger elephant is the family. Sure. You know, a lot of times it's the family. And and obviously, you know, we know that addiction doesn't discriminate. You know, people from all walks of life can become addicted to drugs, alcohol. And, yeah. and they some people come from, you know, they have no families. Some people come from only having one parent or another parent. Some people come from families where somebody else in the family uses and drinks. And then there is the... the uh, Ultimate enabler, which would be the codependent, which mm. is the which is the enmeshed parent that um, they're either a helicopter mom or helicopter dad. They're always following their kid around. They always want to control everything, and and they they don't realize that um, a lot of times that instead of helping them, they're hurting them. And so, you know, from more personal experiences recently, I was dealing with um, the father of a young lady who. She's now in her mid-30s, but she's been struggling for years and years. And uh, the dad constantly rescues. I mean, he thinks mm. he's rescuing. He thinks he's helping her. But, um, you know, I had to kind of get abrasive with him the other day and just tell him, like, just so you know, like, really, she's not the problem. Yes, I, we understand that she's not well and she's not getting well. But the, the problem is is you. And you keep on trying to control her life and, and save her. And you're not saving her. You're actually... Um, setting her back and prolonging her from getting well. Now, I also, I've seen a lot of success stories amongst families um, where, you know, if somebody comes into treatment, for example, and they're suffering from addiction, um, the treatment centers that offer a family program, like Beginnings, the place where we work at, there's an amazing family program. I just witnessed um, some enlightening, eye-opening events that happened. We had our family program about th uh, two weeks ago, three weeks mm, ago, yeah. where there was. I heard um, it was great. It was wonderful. I actually got to interact in it. Happy I actually, to hear that. it was great because Dr. G and I got to play the father and son role. He was, oh, interesting. Yeah, he was the father. Huh. I was the son. Okay. Um, we had ma matching haircuts, and <laughs> but you know, we we kind of just acted uh, as if. Um, 
you know, he was like, a, we did two different scenarios. One mm-hmm. where the dad is controlling and still wanting to be in control of the kid that's new in recovery and he doesn't think there's anything wrong with him. It's all about the kid and the problems that the kid has caused the family. And then the other scenario is where the the son is getting well and the dad is getting well too by identifying, you know, coming, being responsible for where they come short, the family members, and the son being responsible for where he comes short and then sort of what, what they both come together and, and rise in the whole mm. recovery process because truly like the family members need just as much recovery as the kids. A lot of times there's a lot of um, family members that expect their kids well, you know, we're paying all this money for you to go to treatment or we used our insurance for you to go to treatment. You're there. You need to get well so that you can come back. No, when they come back, they're coming back to the same place where they were using and drinking in the first place if they come back into your home. Yeah, they're just going to fall back into the same routine. It's the lion's den. It's like, it's the same. Come on. What do you think? Like, do you think that, and a lot goes into it. A lot of times it's psychological. You know, there may have been some kind of trauma in that uh, person's life to where, um, their surroundings, their neighbors, their house, their family members may have done something to them to where um, they they get caught up in drugs. You know, some of them were just experimenting, mm. you know, and sometimes sometimes uh, using drugs is just a phase for some people. But for some people, when they continually carry on with it, then it becomes a full blown addiction where they, they, they develop a an addiction to, you know, a dependency towards mm-hmm. using it, whatever it may be, but it be opioids and things like that. But um the sad thing is, is, is the amount of parents that are out there that continue to, uh, they don't want to change. They, they continue to keep being the same parents that they were in the first place. So they're not partaking in their kid's recovery process. And then they wonder why their kid never gets better. Or they wonder why their kid keeps going to so, all these treatment centers, right? Mm. Like, why do they have to keep popping around? They just never get better. They think they're hopeless and helpless. But really, the truth of the matter is a lot of times it's the family's fault. It is a family disease. So let me ask you this. So in in your experience, when you bring that up to the parents, mm-hmm. that it's not only the child, but it's them that needs to change and them that is oftentimes the problem, right. what type of response do you typically get? Is it a, a willingness or is there a lot of kind of fighting? It's not, it's not my problem. It's <laughs> their problem. Well, often when I'm talking to a family on the first call or the first couple of calls, I have to walk with grace, you know, because sure. a lot of family uh, members don't think or don't have, they're oblivious to the idea that they could be part of the problem. And you can't mm-hmm. just go in and, and pinpoint them and say, listen, it's, you know, you're doing this just as much as they're doing this. You're part of the problem. You do that and you scare them off. So you have to like kind of approach with grace mm-hmm. and sure. choose your words wisely. Um but, you know, when you start to make things apparent, sometimes some family members have already been told by places before where their kid have gone, where a counselor has let them know, like, you need to go to the 12-step meetings that are geared around families. You need to work on yourself. You mm. need your own personal therapy. Sometimes, you, you know, you need to go to an actual treatment place that, that that's geared towards just codependency you know interesting so mm-hmm. they'll know they've some family members already know the terminology you mm-hmm. say the word codependency it's not like it was something that they didn't ever never knew existed now there's some people that are totally blind to it they, they have no idea they don't realize and um you know people vary there's some people that are very open to it they're and and they want to see their kid progress and if they're told look if you want to see your kid pro- progress you need to do this 
You know, um, it was really cool when I was in treatment myself. I, I was lucky. I was I was blessed that my mom was working on herself, uh, respectively, in her own community, which was their 12-step community, and I was doing my work. But therapeutically, we were sitting in family session together, both in a large family group and also in individual therapy sessions. And, and my mom took responsibility for herself. And my, my counselor would often um, say, uh, when it comes to a family unit and it comes to recovery, it works like a scale. So basically, the addict is here, and you know the family member is here. And if the addict, the addict is going to sit in a ton of groups every mm -hmm. week, and they're going to sit in individual therapy sessions. So their recovery is going up like this. The family, however, if they're not working on themselves, they're not going to their meetings, they're not getting their sponsors, or they're not doing their own therapy to to identify their problems. They remain here. So as this person's recovery goes up. The family still stays down here. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, over a period of time, if this person ends up getting out of treatment and he's at this level or she's at this level and this person's down here, next thing you know, they're still acting the way they used to act. Yeah, They don't know how to choose their words wisely. They don't know how to interact with their kid. They still view their kid as an addict that screwed up everything in the family. Meanwhile, no, really? Like, you're part of the problem. But when they actually are both working on themselves, they come on the scale together and then they can actually, you know, communicate better have you know wholehearted conversations take responsibility for their own actions and realize like you know i'm so sorry I, I i didn't realize that all that time i thought i was helping you i was actually hurting you it's all about setting boundaries it's all about overcoming codependency mm. and i'll say this right now when when a person truly works on themselves and and seeing where they're codependent and i say this from experience personal experiences that when i uh saw like got to stare my own codependency right in the face and I didn't think I was but when I actually did and I worked through it and wanted to overcome it and not be so codependent and controlling of people in my family or relationships I was in uh you it's kind of it's free, very freeing mm, to I overcome bet. you yeah because of that within itself codependency yeah. is kind of an addiction within itself to where sure. you're addicted to people right you're right. not addicted to drugs but you're addicted to people so if the if your qualifier isn't doing well you fall apart. You have anxiety attacks. You go crazy. You lose your stuff. Um, there's a book by um, Melody Beattie called uh, Codependency No More. And then I think there's even a more updated version now called Codependency Now. And it's uh, 20 years later she wrote another oh, book. Oh, interesting. It's, it's more because these days due to social media yeah, sure. and things like that, codependency is at a at a whole other angle and level yeah, to where I, you can I'm probably like, a little codependent on my phone. You can <laughs> you can monitor your your qualifier. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay, so I, I want to dive a little deeper into this, but I, I also want to open it up to our audience as well. Ask for questions. everyone that's viewing. Yeah. And we'll try to answer them. To the best of our ability. To the best of our ability. Now is your opportunity to ask a question to an addiction specialist. Whether you you know Pej, whether this is the, your first time watching this show or this program we would love to communicate with you, leave your thoughts, say hello, let us know where you're watching from, if you have any questions, if you have any comments. If you wanna keep them anonymous, we completely recognize that as well. Send one of us a message or send the page a message and we would be happy to answer those questions anonymously or after the fact as well. So let's keep going. So uh, explain a little more about codependency to our viewers. So how do you recognize the symptoms of codependency, and how do you kind of fall into that? Well, you know, like I said, a codependent has to be in control. 
Mm. And when they're when they lose control, um, they they lose it. They fall apart. They they've got. They're always following their kid around, hoping you know for the best, mm-hmm. thinking that uh, if they if they put them in certain positions or certain ways, that their kid is going to walk a straight line. Meanwhile, most kids that are getting caught up in the whole addiction world are always trying to duck and dodge and maneuver away from the codependent. So mm. they will lie to you. They will tell you things you want to hear. They'll they'll be nice sometimes. But then um, the second that they can kind of escape the clutches of a codependent, they will. They will mm. go out and use again. Then they'll come back and they will act remorseful, guilty, you know, shameful. And they know how to... to make a codependent's heart melt. And, you know, a codependent, you know, it could be anybody. Anybody can be codependent. A lot of people are. The majority of people are codependent, right, to a certain extent. There's some people that are not at all, mm-hmm. not many, sure. right? But, I mean, it's it's natural human instinct for somebody to, to love someone and just care about them, but not know how to love them properly and effectively, especially if they are um, an addict or an alcoholic, a lot of times people think, well, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. I'm, I'm just trying to help them. I'm just trying to tell them what's good for them. Now, in our Persian community, codependency <laughs> is, I mean, it runs rampant. Really? It's bad. It's, Why do you think that is? Why I, more so I, in the I Persian I think it's community? a learned behavior. I think that a lot of Persians are raised a certain way to where okay. um, they're always trying to tend to their loved one, their family member. You know, and it doesn't just come in the form of like making sure they're well fed and that they're well taken care of, but they have big plans for them. Mm-hmm. You know, educationally, they want them to become a doctor or an attorney or an engineer. And when the kid falls off the course, then they fall apart because don't you know, they have to look good for the the, uh, the outside family and the, the mm-hmm. other family members and, and the people in their community. Like, yes, my son is this and that. They, they basically, they, they, got, they don't feel right if their kid is not doing things exactly the way they would like. So then in our community, when, when an addict or alcoholic suddenly becomes a drug addict, that's the ultimate taboo. Mm. That's just like you, you're, you're supposed to be a doctor, not a drug addict right. or not a drug dealer for that matter. So what are you doing? Like you're, you're ruining everything for us. You're making us look bad. Uh, here, let me fix you. Right, so they think that they can fix that person, and they'll do everything they can, whether it be confining them in the room or keeping them at home. They don't realize like a lot of the things that they're doing. They, that's not how you get somebody well. You know, you, you it, it's definitely a problem that needs. There's a huge, a huge problem when it comes to addiction or, or alcoholism. You don't, you can't fix the problem. You, you're not a professional. You don't have the skills. You know, all you keep doing is hurting them by uh, shaming them. Or trying to tell them how to live, and, and you know, you know how kids just don't like to be lectured. Sure. <laughs> Times that by ten or a yeah. hundred in the Persian community. Wow. You know how much eye rolling there is. It's like, it's oh my God, here goes Dad thing. again, trying to tell me about <laughs> how he walked in the in the mm-hmm. snow ten miles to school and back. All right, big deal. Like I'm already like <laughs> I'd rather get high before I have to listen to this. A lot mm-hmm. of kids want to escape the codependent or the mm-hmm. enabler. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. So, this is just an interesting question. I just thought about this. Do uh, introversion or extroversion, do either of those tend to lean more towards codependency than the other, or is it kind of a balance? That's a good question. I, I've never really thought about it, but I think um, I think introversion would. You know, would lean more towards codependency. Like if they're introverted? Yeah. Yes. Interesting. 
because I think every, as I said, they like to control every. This is I could be wrong. This is just what I think. No, it's just uh, what what I've noticed question. is that everything needs to happen under the roof the way they want it. So in in an introverted way, mm-hmm. as long as it's happening here in my house, I get to control everything. If the second it goes public or it has to be seen in other arenas or areas, then it's you know mm-hmm. it's totally opposite of what they would want. They they want to keep things private. They want to make sure that word doesn't get out. Makes sense. Yeah. So what are some things and what are some steps that families can take to recover as a family together? You know, I think that if a, if any family member sees that their kid is uh, having difficulty in their lives, especially with addiction, and they, they put them into a treatment center and that person, if they expect their kid to go the extra mile to be able to get their life back and live a, a good, decent life, they then to they've got to do the same thing. Yeah. So as much effort that they want to see their kid putting into uh, their recovery, they mm-hmm. actually need to back away, let the kid do their thing, and the key component to, to allowing them to do that and the kid actually becoming coachable and teachable enough is when they, take the, when they become willing enough to just let go completely to detach and let their kid do their work and they do the work on their end equally. Mm. That means that if you want your kid to go to 12-step meetings, you should go to 12-step meetings, right? If you want your kid to have a sponsor, you should have a sponsor. You shouldn't worry about if they do or not because a lot of times the kid may not even want to do any of that stuff. Sure. But if you continue to stay attached to that and keep trying to control, it means that you're just as sick as your kid, Mm. if not sicker sometimes, and that's sad to say. Yeah. No, it makes sense though. So, what are what are some resources or some places to go or websites to look up or videos or podcasts besides their own, of course, that families can use as helpful resources to learn more? Well, for one, I, I said Melody Beatty. Her books mm-hmm. are awesome. You know, okay. Just if you just type in codependency Melody Beatty, you'll see the different books that she's written based around that. Also, you know it. Google codependency. Learn about it. Learn mm-hmm. like learn what it is because a lot of people don't even know what code, being codependent means. Um, there's twelve step, you know, meetings. You can always. There's a lot of people that whenever I talk about addiction on Facebook, um, you'd be surprised how many people uh, private message me and say, "Hey, um, my husband's going through this, or my brother's going through this, or my sister's." Um, going through this and they're homeless they're, you know he's getting high we don't know what to do he's in the house um, he gets he goes in his bedroom for hours and days on end uh, mm. locks the door in the bathroom all the time well how do we deal with this and and um, you know the problem is that often if you're still housing this person mm-hmm. you're the problem right you are the problem you're basically harboring a person who's in active addiction or alcoholism and you're allowing them to live in a place you're not letting them get better so often i will tell them okay so here here's these 12-step meetings they're geared around family members that that have a loved one who's not well you should go to these meetings you should talk to people you first you just go to the meeting a lot of people they they'll go to one meeting they'll Mm. listen and they'll think "Mm, okay well this was good Mm -hmm. i don't need to keep doing this no, if you and want, they mastered it in one meeting, or they think, <laughs> or or they think they're above it all, or they think sure, that, sure, or, yeah. or 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 I'm not that bad. We're not that bad, right? Mm-hmm. Believe me, it, it's it's it doesn't matter how bad you are, how 
good you are. It's about going there and hearing other people's experiences. There's people in those meetings that are going to be talking about their experiences and how they've either overcome them or how they're attempting to overcome them or they're brave enough to talk about it and looking for other people to help them. Going, there, there's a lot of people that are going through this thing too. So when you go to those type of places, yeah, it's great. Like you get to go hear other people's experience and then you can mm. have people guide you and walk you through it just like you would expect for your kid to do if they were in, going in that type of community, the recovery community. And then there's therapy. You know, a lot of times you, you should find a, a family and marriage th therapist, licensed family and marriage therapist, ha sit with them. See, you know, a lot of them are, are knowledgeable. When they go mm -hmm. to school, the psychologists and therapists, they're all taught about, right. you know, all of this and where people can go and get the help that they need in the 12-step community. But also just doing therapy and seeing, like, where did you come short? Like, where do you continue to keep coming short? How was it growing up uh, for your kid in, in that household? You know, sometimes there's abuse, physical, mental, sexual abuse, things like that. A lot of things that a lot of people don't know. And they don't even, they're in the dark. They have no idea why their kid got so bad. Mm. And, and a lot of times it's because... Some something extremely traumatic has happened and you don't know about it because they want to go to the grave with it. They don't want to talk about it. So instead, you keep thinking that you failed them and you didn't you weren't able to provide uh, for them properly. And they've fallen off the course from what you had in mind for them. And then next, you know, they're a full blown heroin addict or alcoholic or addict or whatever, you know. So, yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's a lot of great advice. Uh, I want to open it up to questions again. Uh, do we have any Questions, comments? No questions today. We're okay? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Uh, Pej, anything else that you want to highlight on here? I think we're good. I mean, if there's no questions, we yeah. do have our, our uh, page on Facebook called Ask an Addiction Specialist. I don't know if you mentioned it already, but, yeah. the, but the link is on here. You can uh, go ahead and go on there and ask us anything you want. We always have uh, professionals and people in the recovery community that are readily available to answer any questions. If you're an addict alcoholic that's struggling, if you're not sure if you're an addict alcoholic that has questions, come on and ask on Ask an Addiction Specialist. And if you have questions for somebody else, feel free. You can always message me if you're looking for um, someone to do an intervention because you can't handle it anymore. You can message me and uh, I work with a plethora of different uh, interventionists or I myself would maybe be able to help you and we can come out and try and help you with your loved one, however that may be. Awesome. Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in. If you have not yet, please subscribe to The Sober Grind. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Play. We are on YouTube. We are on iHeartRadio. Whatever your favorite platform is to listen to podcasts, we are on it. We are trying to help as many people as possible. So please check us out. Send it to a friend. Share it. Spread the wealth. Spread the knowledge. And we will see you next time.